0: all right welcome back to Misery Point Radio we're back talking with uh, Steve Fournier from Janitors of Chaos only this time now we're going to talk about his other projects Fever 103 and of course the tasty tasty tidbit that is the lover boy save the day story sadly i can't play pre-recorded music of uh, his bands performing those songs as there are some legal licensing issues but i promise i will provide you some links on the facebook page so let's go ahead dig into this and welcome back my friend steve fournier here we go All right, so we're back with Steve here. So we've talked about your current project, uh, one of your current projects with the Janitors of Chaos and a uh, super awesome band, really technical, really melodic, amazing. Uh, You guys definitely check out the album on uh, on CD Baby and the the Final Press is probably coming out here pretty soon, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, so you can also get it on iTunes, I saw, because I was on iTunes earlier today and it's up there as well. So. Nice. Um, yeah, so uh, now let's talk about something else because this to me... This blew my fucking mind. Um, so <laughs> I connect back with Steve again on, on the Book of Faces. And I, I see this page come up. And I'm like, it's for Fever 103. And it's like, oh, it's like this foreigner tribute band. And I'm like, OK, cool. You know, Steve's always liked a variety of stuff. So I'm thinking, all right, well, Steve plays drums and everything. And then so I, I write this comment on their page. And then I, I see this picture. And there's another drummer on there. And I'm like, wait a second you have two fucking drummers? And they're like, no, Steve sings. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? And I'm like, no, let's be honest, Steve. You weren't the most socially outgoing person, right? So in school, (laughs) you had your group of friends, but you weren't the guy that I would picture going out there singing on stage. And I never heard you sing. And so when, when I heard it, and I mean, when we went to the show, I was like, I, I got to check this out. And then, you know, there were some clips you guys posted and I'm like, this, this is, this is blowing my fucking mind. Um, So number one is when did you actually start singing? Number two is when did people know that you started singing? And then number three, how the fuck did you learn to sing like that? Because this dude can hit these notes and
1: I'm not even joking. It's crazy. Um, well, that kind of goes back to this one, and that goes back to my brother. Right. Because, you know. Right. We used to hear him, you come over, my brother's hitting all that Journey. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. And we're like, you know, at one point in time, I'm like, I would stop playing my drums because here I am beating the crap on my drums playing Slayer and all that. Right. And my brother's in the room next door to me. Doing, like, and Journey tunes. Yeah, he's doing and- Journey. He's just hitting all these crazy, crazy high notes, and all, I'm like, Wow. Uh, I like you know, just blowing my mind. So a little bit of that, I kind of came down from him, you know, doing that. But what happened was, is when we were in high school and how you and I obviously met through high school, we had that theory class. right? And, um, music appreciation or whatever yeah, what it was called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And remember it was a whole year right. and they cut it down the next year. They, they cut it down to only like a, a semester of it or something like that. So, because I got tired of me bringing like
0: D side to class,
1: <laughs> but we were all loving it, though. right? We were like, "Yeah, that's cool, man." You know, everybody else was scared out of their, you know, wits. So, I wrote this acoustic song, G, C, and D, right? Probably right. It was like fly like fly an like e- an eagle, I fly like that. an eagle. Remember yeah, that? I do. And so I start singing it. Wrote down the lyrics and. And I, I got all excited, and I was like, oh, man, this is cool, you know. And, and of course, my you know Chris wanted to learn, my brother wanted to learn guitar. Uh, um, so he brought this guitar home. That's how the whole guitar thing started. So the whole guitar thing, he said, there's too many effing strings on this guitar, you know. So I took it, and then that's, you know, shortly after, what, it was like a year or two after that. So this is like, I probably started playing guitar, like, picked the guitar up when I was like maybe 13, 14 years of age. And, but then after that, I wrote that song. I got an acoustic and I, you know, I wrote that and I started singing and then I collaborated with my brother. And then, you know, of course, during the theory, I forget the teacher's name, forget his name, but brought it in. That's right. Brought it in and he, he was trying to do, I don't know what it was. He was trying to do well like arrangements for or something like that. So that was kind of like my first okay original singing. And, and and after that, singing for me was was um when I was in Memoriam, in memoriam, you know, with Caleb, with Caleb and yeah. those guys. Lee bought the bass player had a huge PA. And we used to play at this place called uh, NAF Studios, which is off West Marginal in Seattle, West Seattle area. And I'd go down there before everybody or just on a weekend. I just, I would just like put my, you know, take a mic and I'd just start singing like what my brother was used to like sing. Like in
0: front of people or just to yourself? Just or, myself. Yeah.
1: Just a journey and, you know, like exactly what my brother used to do. And- So my first introduction to playing out live and hearing, you know, people hearing me actually sing was behind the drums. So I was in this cover band with Dave. I don't know if you remember Dave Hawkins at all. Mm -mm. Um, Old friend of mine that used to do a jam, uh, open mic jam down, down into uh, Kingston. And uh, so here's a funny one for you. Okay, So this is my introduction to the singing of playing in an actual cover band. So we started doing Man in the Box by Allison Chains. And I'm just screwing around. And I'm so I start singing it and we're playing it. And Dave turns to me and he goes, Wow, dude, you should do that song. It sounds really good. I'm like, Are you out of your head? I'm like, (laughs) I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sing this. I was like, I can't do this. He's like, No, dude, really, it actually sounds really good when you sing it and you know that's just a bunch of screaming you know right. at 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 some point I mean don't you know uh he's an awesome Love singer Love Allison Chan's, Chains absolutely Oh yeah he's an amazing singer a really um, big
0: range and big control over his, oh, yeah, his voice Oh yeah
1: yeah he's ridiculous So I just remember that vaguely of me doing that on on some shows we did and so the singing thing didn't really I never took it seriously I I was just like it was just kind of like yeah I like doing it. It's kind of like an like like one of those inside passion things you have, and you're just like, I didn't really take it seriously. But when a mic or a PA was around or something, I would plug in, you know, some tunes and I'd sing along. And I didn't really think that, oh, hey, I have like this good voice or whatever. I just was like, okay, I I guess it's fun. It's cool. It's something to do. So I got in all these other cover bands, and then the one song I had to sing, I didn't have to. I did Bruno Mars' Locked Out in Heaven. I drummed and sang that song, and that was really hard for me to, like, literally try to, like, even sing, let alone try to play drums. And I got a lot of good responses, and then we started fitting a couple of the Foreigner songs in there. Cold as Ice and Feels Like the First Time. So here I am playing drums and singing these songs, you know, and I got a lot more comfortable playing drums and singing.
0: Like, you know, Don Henley and Phil Collins. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Exciter.
1: Yeah, there you go. Exciter, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, the Foreigner thing, the Fever 103, kind of came about where I'd already been singing uh a lot of between journey and and doing some of the foreigner stuff i didn't do a lot of huge catalog by foreigner foreigner at that time i think i did a, a lot of like a few of the hits like cold as ice i knew that feels like the first time i did long way from home so i just started singing in my room at the school and i got you know i have a a little mackie in there and and then uh Wendy um uh, bought a 58 because we were in a band for a short spell you know, we had a cover band thing going with a few friends, and Eric played bass, of course, and uh, we all sang in that band. You know Eric for a while, huh? I've known Eric for a long time. Yeah, I've known. This is
0: a uh, Eric Close from Eric uh, Close Fever uh, One of Originally, and Coven, of course. My yeah, one of my and
1: and he was in a band called For Love of Suffering back in the day, in the mid '90s when I was in Faustus. Right. So I replaced it. Man, Kirk, Faustus. Kirk, yeah, Kirk O'Malley, our uh, last drummer, and then Joey Hammersmith was the original guy. Um, awesome band Uh, good times with those guys. Um, so, but going back to the whole singing thing is, yeah. Uh, I just started kind of, you know, kicking around the idea. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to sing a lot more, and I'm really digging this foreigner stuff. And so I just started kicking around the idea, and I did it for almost a year straight. I started singing more and more. I mean, just like practicing yourself. Yeah, or... I would just sing every day. Yeah, I just start singing every day. I had no idea what I what what I was even doing. You know, technique if I was doing something wrong, whatever. So I basically started, and then of course people's, you know, my the faculty that works there, they they pass through and like, wow, man, you sound like wow, are you Mary, you're singing that every day? It's like, man, you sound really good, man, on that stuff. It sounds killer when you're singing it. You know, and some of the people at the school would be like, Man, you sound just like Lou Graham. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, whatever, you know. So um, I just kicked around the idea and I was like, you know what? I think I want to do this, but I want to do I want to really do do this uh, all the way. But yeah, I don't, do it right. Yeah, I want to do it right, but I don't I don't want to I don't want to play drums and sing. Obviously, I want to actually be a lead singer in a band.
0: Well, you know, and especially the amount of energy it takes to hit some of those notes and the amount of energy it takes to do full percussion. I mean, that's just, that would be rough.
1: It I've, I've done it before and it's a challenge, um, but the drums have to take a back seat Since I played drums longer than I've been singing, obviously. Right. This was a natural thing that I already had built in. So the drums weren't, weren't necessarily a big challenge. The challenge for me was trying to learn how to, how, to, how to do the breathing and be able to like actually build up the tolerance to be able to actually pull out whatever song I was singing at the time. So when I did start Fever 103, of course, I didn't, didn't drum, but there was occasions where I had to do rehearsals where Darryl, my drummer would not show up. Uh, or couldn't show up for that rehearsal so we had a rehearsal scheduled I'd get behind the drums just to keep time and we'd just do the rehearsal basic beats and yeah I do the I do the songs because I already knew the songs I knew most of the songs and I should have known by by then I mean I, I more than anybody in that band I think I've listened to those songs more than anybody I had to get inside Lou Graham's head I had to literally do whatever research and then of course at that time I really wanted to make sure that I was let's say um, not, hurting technically not hurting my throat not not you know my placements and blah 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 and all that stuff so i actually took a couple of vocal lessons with pamela moore that used to sing with queens yeah queens yeah yeah and pamela, uh, sister mary Mm-hmm. yeah she's a sweetheart um when i first came to her she helped me out a lot and she was pleasantly surprised she and was she's like,
0: based out of seattle still right yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah she she is down in kent she has a uh she lives in Kent. She has a place right there right outside her house that they uh uh let her do vo- vocal lessons. She also does uh stuff in uh on the east side yeah. um and you know she heard me sing this stuff, and she was like, Wow she was like you 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 sound so good with this stuff. it's crazy you know um and then of course, the second time I went back to her, you know she's like That's just crazy. I I I did the exercises. You know, I did what what you asked me to do. I I did these. So I did all these vocal exercises every day. I sang like, uh, I I must have been singing at the time. I was probably doing at least a good twelve, thirteen. Uh, foreigner songs. So it took me daily. Yeah, almost daily. Damn. So it took me a long time to build up the, uh, you know, the ability to do those tunes um yeah very hard yeah you know
0: so i was not only was i impressed i was just like just shocked like generally like the first the first notes out of your mouth at that show i was like he's fucking pulling this off this is absolutely crazy not that i didn't have faith in you but it just it came so out of right field for me to see you Uh singing on a stage versus behind a kit, you know. So, uh, and so Fever 103, if you guys get a chance, check it out because not only can Steve sing like a fucking champ, I got to tell you, the saxophone chick, uh
1: Delina Thrift.
0: Uh So, Urgent is fucking spot on. I mean, everything, the whole band, super talented and everything fits perfectly and i mean there's cover bands and you know there's tribute bands and you guys are like right there on the cusp of practically being indistinguishable from the musicianship side i mean it's just it's nailed to the t it,
1: it's funny with because when you guys were there that was our very first that was the first show that was the first show and the band has grown so much as you and know there's different people in it now yeah too. there there's one we 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 ended up replacing one member of the band. Um, and we got JC um Johnny Cat from uh Whiskey that I right. play in Whiskey River uh with uh him and Tommy had already been and playing. Whiskey together. Whiskey River's like a Skinner tribute. Skinner uh, tribute. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And um so it was easy because him and Tommy had already been working together, Tommy right. being the other guitar player in Whiskey. There's three guitar players. There's Eric Anderson, too, I want to mention as well in that band. But uh, those two guys have been working together for five and a half plus years or so. Um, so it made pretty good sense for us to kind of bring him in. Uh, JC's a g- good guitar player. Um, it was. It seemed to be a better fit since the band has obviously played you know quite a few more shows after you know after since then since you guys have seen us right so the band has grown and it's gotten a lot tighter um you know even for me being a, a an actual lead singer or a frontman for the band um uh, you know um it's still kind of a a work in progress for me um uh, but a lot of that you know, even the band itself, a, a lot of people are like, Well, you know, you you kind of have never done this before. This has never been like you've never really been an actual singer, a lead singer in a band. Are you gonna, you know, you know, some people were asking me that are you going to be able to do that? Yeah, you know, it's carrying- one
0: thing to sing, you know, but it's another thing is like, are you gonna have the presence? Are you gonna know what to do yeah. without having drumsticks in your I actually kind of pictured you as like I wonder if he's going to bring a drumstick up and just to have something in his hands because of you get used to something. Yeah. Like if you see guitarists that sing, but like, let's say you like fucking remember when Hetfield broke his arm and he couldn't yeah. play guitar yeah. and you're like, what the hell is Hetfield going to do without his guitar in his hand?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he
0: rocked it. And of course you look very natural up there. So it just, it, it wasn't yeah. an issue.
1: Uh, That's one thing I was not going to do. I was not going to go up there and just be this little karaoke or stand in one place corner kind of, you know, scaredy cat. You have to put on a show. Right. And I did as what I could do. I did as much research as I possibly can on just watching Lou, watching, uh, you know, people that I are influenced grew up with, you know, uh, you and I grew up with, you, you know, all kinds of bands and stuff like that. So, um, that's what I kind of did, but you, you either as a singer, it's like that with vocals too, to some degree, you either can sing or you can't, or you cannot, or it, it's also that with, uh, being, having stage presence, you either, you either have it or you don't and it's unfortunate i've seen i've i've been behind a lot of singers and bands they either have it or they don't so i looked at i i got the full eye view of that happening you know and um it, it it's it's that one thing you know it's like i get that even from like a lot of people it's like even bill um uh. uh Micah, that plays bass in Whiskey, he's 63. He's been around forever. Uh, lots of experiences and lots of stories. They could uh, have been in Skinner. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> He he's an amazing, amazing musician, but also... And Whiskey River, by the way,
0: also phenomenally amazing oh, sounding man. band. And, you know, that just looks like a fun band to jam in. Like, if you want to go hang out with a bunch of dudes and just have like a band that is just super like fun. That's how I picture Whiskey
1: River. It's 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 one reason why I ended up wanting that that gig uh when they auditioned or and you drum, drum in yeah drum in that with yeah drumming that that uh that band. Um and yeah um you know I've known Tommy Steinley for quite a few years, you know. Him and I were in Maiden Seattle back in the day, the Iron Maiden tribute band. Love Maiden Seattle Um, and the Iron Maiden. Really, yeah. uh, Phenomenal. uh, Lots of fun. And he brought my name up to the guys in Whiskey, and that was was the whole reason why I ended up, basically. But I I did my homework. I laid the ground. You know, I had to, just like every other musician, you do your homework, you get prepared. You go in for the audition. Um, Yeah, everybody had reservations over the whole thing I think at some point but Tommy was like no this just knowing this your is, background this and stuff is the guy like this is the guy that will you know so I mean you're looking at like a little little like what it is about a couple of weeks so I learned about three sets of uh, uh of material yeah um, and you know
0: not only do you have to know the songs get to learn the songs but you have to fit in you have to you have to click with the people because everybody when you're playing a show. You have to trust that everybody's going to play their part because as I've been there, unfortunately, when bad things happen, one person throwing something out of whack, whether or not it's bad timing or hitting a bad note, one time isn't a big deal. But, you know, if somebody's not on their game, I mean, that's it. I mean, and people, if they know the shit, especially if you're playing somebody else's songs and they know the songs, something uh, goes wrong. Oh, man, they'll they'll pull you apart in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, you're you're you could be your 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 own worst critic yourself. But right. if things go sideways, I mean, um, you know, our last show, Fever One Hundred Three, we did to and that was a real big show for us because over the whole Loverboy thing, uh, all, we 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 had a pretty packed house for that um, right that gig. A lot of people were coming out to obviously see moi me because of the whole that whole stint, and you know, we really plugged that show hard, but. We unfortunately didn't have our our you know our drummer at that gig. We had to use. Uh, uh, it, thankfully, um, um, he came in too. We we, we used a fill filling guy, which was the original guy that um that I had in the band prior. Uh, Kevin Whistler, and Kevin Whistler plays for a band called Bloodgood. I don't know if you remember yeah, Blood Good back I do in the know day.
0: Blood Good. They were like one of the original Christian rock bands. You got it. Yeah. And you uh, had, I
1: think you had a couple there, a couple yeah, of I had a couple theres,
0: and and then when when we went in the studio back at that time, our producer was the guy that produced the last Blood Good album at that time. There you go. So there was Blood Goods. I was like, wow, yeah. this is crazy. So yeah. Kevin
1: Whistler filled in and you know he did a really good job considering it all one rehearsal with us. Uh there was some pretty bad dropouts and little things but obviously from the audience point of view we got a really good great feedback a lot of people didn't really uh notice a lot of the 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 kinks but that when we, you're
0: used to something being a certain way day in day out you rehearse it you know yeah
1: it was a bad it was a really bad it was kind of a bad gig for me um because you take um, a
0: cue right you, you 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 get used to hearing certain things and it affects your timing and i'm gonna yeah. come in on this or i'm you know there's a certain element of you're relying on consistency in a pattern. Even if there's improvisation, you're used to a certain structure being in place. And if that's not the same, then it'll it'll throw off your your timing and your rhythm and your cues. And it's it's it can be disastrous.
1: It it's that too. It's the gel of the band and and not just people knowing their parts, but you know, you you get used to it now since I've been out in the front being a singer, um, as opposed to be you know, playing the drums. Uh, And I'm pretty meticulous when it comes to even the drums, you know, as far as that goes, because with Daryl, I worked with Daryl a bunch as far as, you know, like, okay, don't, you know, play, play this triplet, you know, do this, no, lay it, do four on the floor, you know, I, you know, it wasn't like I was telling him how to play the songs. Daryl's a great drummer. He's just, you know, he's just one of those guys I think was just listening to the tunes day in and day out. He probably went through them, you know, maybe a short, a few times. I really don't know how other you know uh how he approached when he learned and auditioned for us at the time but for me when i when i when i when i audition for a band i actually sit down with the songs and i i'll you know if i have to chart things out um i'll do that um, yeah i'm a uh, mapper you know i like to map shit out yeah um or i just go over it with a fine tooth comb and i play and play and play and play until i get it as close to the album if not exactly so that's the whole reason you know that i i'm on that same way and i'm i'm kind of that way with vocals too Mm -hmm. i don't want to just do this half-assed i don't say let's you know put together a band and you know uh, yeah foreigner sounds great you know let's just throw it together and that's what i don't that's why I don't get it with a lot of tribute acts. They go, let's start a Tom Petty tribute band, so, so to speak, you know? Uh, let's learn a bunch of Tom Petty stuff and then let's go out and do it, you know? And they don't put the groundwork in, you know? Legitimately, it's like there's more to it than just that. Right. You know? um, you know? And uh, uh, putting together a band, by the way, this was the first thing I've ever put together in my life, being a leader of the band calling some shots and, and doing all that stuff, thinking about the business aspect of this, it's really tough. Yeah. I I uh you know yeah. It's <laughs> it's been a long hard road. Let me let me put it to you that way. It um a lot of stress, a tremendous amount of stress. Well uh,
0: and fever's a fairly large band. I mean how many there's like seven people there's in the seven band seven people yeah. in the
1: band. Uh we we added Delena in the band about Oh, she's been in the band for at least over a year and a half, or something like that. When we got her in the band, that was a big, huge add. Plus, um, oh man, you know, I mean, she's awesome. She not only because she's one of the backup singers in whiskey mm-hmm. with Tara. Um, so we already knew that she had a voice. She can sing backups. So that was a major, major add to that the band. Sacks though, dude, and yeah and she's yeah she's beautiful she's awesome and she's just like one of the dudes man She's just gels with everybody she's got a great personality so it made total sense to get her in the band
0: i think the thing that that you know that that uh marsha my wife and i were talking about though is is that's an element that you don't really see i mean you know you got your typical rock band is like hey you know you got your you got your guitar, you got your drums, you got your bass, you got your singer, you know, you got your four or five piece, you know, and then, you know, keyboards, not so much a thing as often anymore. And they're definitely like, you know, horns and, and different percussion. So when you hear somebody on, on like a sax or on some kind of like, a you know, um, something like that, that's, that's a different element that really kind of helps things stand out. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's just, it's another dimension. And, uh, She's kind of like a jack of all trades. Like she, does, she's our secret weapon. Yeah. She, there you, you know? go. She does multiple. So she's got the sax thing going on. She fills in like does some keyboard stuff, mm-hmm. does some backup vocals. Um, all yeah. of you guys in that band, it seemed like there's a lot going on. Um, but it's dialed in. I mean, it seems very seamless. It, but You know, when when those sax parts come up, you can look out in the crowd and people are losing their shit. I mean, people are oh, just going crazy over that. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know you know and that that's one thing i even for me i i've you know not just you don't study it but you just kind of you know you just know as a as a as a front man for a band mm-hmm. you know i've seen so many of like that that type of thing uh where singers are just they want the whole entire limelight on you know the light on them so to speak throughout yeah. the whole entire time uh fever is and,
0: definitely ensemble,
1: and 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 yeah. So when the guitar solos come out, you know, I will back up those guys. You know, it's the lights on them. That's their time, as well as when Delina comes out for urgent and does her solos. I want her to come out in the front. I want her to rock it, and I'll come back here uh, whether I grab a tambourine or I just stand back and. Clap and get people going keep keep, you know keep grab the cowbell, yeah, grab the <laughs> cowbell, man, you know, and there you go, you know, I mean, um it, that that's you know I've learned a lot from just being in a band just in general, of like you know things you don't do, there's things you do, and there's things you don't do, and there's lessons you have to learn, uh, and you make mistakes, and you're only human you know i mean all these experiences uh, it, musically i've had that it's just that that's what's kind of made me who i am as far as a musician goes but it works really well with these bands that i'm in you know i mean you know but that that's bottom line when you're actually literally you know even on the road and touring you're living with that person almost 24 hours right a so it's a completely different ball game all, all together man it's not about you being an awesome great musician it's it's about you being a a good person and a laid back person you're easy to deal with you're you're not you know there's no attitude and there's no ego and there's no you know huge amount of head problems and all that kind of stuff sure so anyway
0: so uh coming up next we're going to take one quick break and then coming up next we're going to talk about what's on everybody's mind right now Uh which is the lover boy so uh we'll be right back all right so now we're going to talk about the big deal um, so kind of like in Arnell Pineda story almost, uh, so some dude randomly gets this amazing opportunity, but so I'm going to let you kind of tell this story, but, um, we've all probably heard the, the, uh, story of a, a random fan who gets up to go sing for a, a major band. And, uh, this actually happened to Steve here recently, and it was quite the big deal in our area. So, uh, Why don't you tell us the story of how the Loverboy thing came to be?
1: Well, you know, just before I do this and tell the story, there's been recent uh, concerts, so to speak, that somebody had said Sammy Hagar, when he came here uh, with his band, uh, he had a, you know, he had a really high fever, you know, were, uh, of 103. 103. <laughs> boom, boom, folks, we'll be here all Ding week. <laughs> um, and couldn't sing. So the crowd was uh, participating in the whole songs. Uh, Robin Zander from Cheap Trick was out of town for a personal family thing. Couldn't make it. So here, you know, thousands of fans, you know, they basically didn't get anybody up on stage, not in the same respect of what happened at the Lover Boys show. So going to the Lover Boy show, um what happened was is that, you know, Survivor opened the show. And here, you know, we're like we're we're hearing Survivor. Eric and I were like, okay, they started <laughs> and I, I think they uh what was it what was the other hit that they had, I'm on to you or something like that. Or no, that was that was a uh that was actually another band. But uh They start playing and this, this kid, this young kid singing on stage with them, this kid probably had, he probably couldn't have been no more than like 30 years old. I mean, he wasn't even around, you know, when, when these guys were at the height of their career, you know, you know, uh, so they get off and, you know, Eric and I were actually going to get a bear during their set time because a lot of the catalog, I didn't really know a lot. Of uh, survivor stuff. So we're like, oh, okay, cool. We'll go hang out. We'll go in the line. It's called the
0: inebriation stage. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> you know. Uh, so we're in line, and and it's funny because this one guy, random guy, comes up, and he goes, "Hey, man, you're the singer for Fever One Hundred and Three, right?" And I and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, this is my bass player, Eric." Who plays it. Oh man. Yeah, I saw you guys in the like, show or whatever. You know, he's like, Man, phenomenal, man. It was great. It was great. You know, and and he plays in this punk tribute band or whatever. And we we just, you know, I gave I think I gave him a card. I don't know. I had some cards with me. Anyways, we get a beer. Then we go, you know, we're in the eighth row on the floor, awesome actual seats. And uh Dean and Stacy. Dean from Coven, him and his wife. Uh, Dean Babbitt. Yeah. Yeah. Dean Babbitt. They're right across from us, you know, between the aisles. So they're literally right there. So we're on the end. And then Colin Matson, that used to play for forced entry, that pushed me up on stage. (laughs) Man. Him and Tina, his fiance, are in the seventh row and they're down a little bit left of us, you know. And I couldn't really know where, I didn't really know where Colin and Tina were sitting. At the time, so, anyways, Loverboy comes out. Mike Reno walks out. They do Notorious, and I'm sitting there rocking out. I'm going, yeah, you know, I'm like singing, I, I, you know, because that's what I do, anyways. When you're going to the concert, I'm start singing all the lyrics and stuff, and I'm rocking out. And Eric, Eric and I are we had a beer in our hand, and Reno, after they get done that song, you could tell Reno was, you know, a little rough. On the vocals, he goes, yeah, well, I have to be honest with you guys, you know, I just, I, I, I ended up catching the flu, you know, he goes, don't fly on planes, you know, you end up, you know, with sick people, he kind of cracked a joke about it and goes, so I'll see, I'll see if, uh, how, you know, how the night goes or whatever, so he was good for like two more songs, and the last song he sang was insane, like crazy, stupid high stuff, and out of all the songs he had to pick, he picked his song, Queen of the Broken Hearts. And I was like, whoa, dude. And you could tell it was just not working. You know, it's like, <laughs> I was like, you know, he was just, yeah. He struggled. Nothing. Through yeah, it. all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know how that is as a vocalist. Um, So he goes, you know, this is not happening. You know, it's, you know, I wish a throat lozenge would fix it. But, you know, it is what it is. So he says, would you, well, do you mind if I bring a friend out? So he brings out. Catherine which actually happens to be his wife uh from what I know um and uh so she comes out and she goes well you know I'm not Mike Carino I wish I was you know and uh and then she says music starts kind of going key keyboards are in the back and she goes um maybe you guys can help me out with this next one so that's of course you know we thought okay crowd crowd participation is going so the next thing you know she's like she's up there all alone and she goes uh, you know looks out on the lights and she goes well is, is there a lover boy out there you know that knows 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 the songs you know it's like that you know you know it's like that rock star that movie isn't there a movie about that or something like that she says something to that effect and and uh dude at that time i you know i I wasn't thinking anything, you know, so the minute she said that Colin gets up off his seat, stands on his seat or something and. Literally points at me down at me, get this guy up, get Steve up, and then I ain't kidding you, the next thing you know, I'm getting all these people around me that I'm like, how do do these people know me? I'm getting people going, Steve, Steve, they're chanting my name. I'm like, this is not happening. Crazy. Right now. Yeah. So, of course, he gets, he plows through these people knocking drinks out of their hands <laughs> and, and yada, yada. And uh, so he grabs me by my jacket. and He goes, dude, we got to get you, like, got to get you up there, man. You got to go, dude. You got to, you got to do it. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So yeah. I mean, lady, what are you going to say? No. Yeah. This lady stands in front of me, you know, and she goes, she was kind of <laughs> just protecting her own place or whatever, you know, her spot. She goes, "Can you sing these songs?" And I said, "Yeah, I I, I can sing them." And she goes, "Okay, well, go ahead." You know, gets out of the way. We push him through the crowd, and of course, this other guy that was three sheets to the wind actually got thrown off the stage. Believe it or not, <laughs> I didn't I didn't find this out until Tina told me about it and showed me the video of him going across, running across the stage. It was pretty hilarious. So, anyways. Long long and short of it, Colin here pushes me up on stage, and Catherine, you know, off the mic goes. You you know, can can you sing these songs? Do you know them? And I go, yeah, you know, I I know them. And uh, so she hands me the mic. You know, next thing you know, I'm like, okay, well, let's do or die. (laughs) You know. So then they do turn me loose, and then that was that was kind of it. You know, I was basically do it and what what was crazy too like we talked about earlier is like there was no you know they don't do monitors anymore they do all an ear monitor systems which just makes sense for a lot most bands doing that so you know they didn't have time to throw a pack on me during that whole time of that thing so here i am going up there practically you know by braille singing by braille only by just hearing the music in itself so You know, you do what you do. You know, you don't think about that at at that point in time. You just go out there and you rock it. So that's what you, you know, that's what you want to do.
0: So you get up there on the stage and, I mean, was there any kind of a discussion like, hey, what songs do you know? What songs do you not know? No,
1: Turn Me Loose just started playing and that was kind of it. So when I took my jacket off in that moment, I just remember Paul Dean was kind of starting to walk to to, to the mic of his place and I kind of gave him a fist bump. So, in in the audience's eyes, they're thinking this is staged because right. there's no way. I mean, it looked it looked it, even from my point of view, this looks like it was completely staged. Like, and it wasn't, obviously, because if it was staged, nobody told me. But here <laughs> I am having the balls enough to go, "Hey, here you go. Here's a fist bump, here Paul Dean. You you don't even know me from Adam. You let alone you have no idea." So, you can imagine what those guys are going through is like this is either going to be horribly this is going to go horribly wrong, or it's going to be good. And uh uh to their obviously surprise and a lot of people's <laughs> response was like, I think they were like, oh man. Wave you of know, relief. Like, wow, okay, at least he can sing, you know, kind of thing. You know, it's so in that moment of time, it's like, you know yeah there was no there was no sitting back and saying okay go off to the side stage like a game thing like it's like here's our game plan this is what we're gonna do no i mean that was like here dude go ahead um and good luck you know that's pretty much what what it what it really ended up entailing and then of course when i got off the side of the stage mike reno had a friend of his from marysville uh and a lot of people, I guess, from what I from what I know, you know, the posts and people tell me that a lot of people sat down and were booing that guy because uh, he was singing Hot Girls in Love. And I think Catherine was trying to ask me what else I knew. And I at that point in time, I said, well, I kind of know these songs, blah, 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 you know. And she's like, oh, OK, OK. And I told her I knew the kid is hot tonight. And I remember her running over to Mike Reno and going, you know, this kid is hot tonight. And he's like, okay, we'll, we'll we'll get him up after after this, you know. So that guy's out there, and Stacy Dean's wife was telling me, yeah, that guy he just wasn't really, he wasn't that good, you know, or whatever. He just wasn't getting the response. So somebody, you know, some of these videos are on 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 the Facebook, you know. So somebody, a girl from the audience, videotaped, and so did Tina uh, Collins' uh, fiance, um, videotaped. The kid is hot tonight. So it was funny because the minute, it was total rock star moment, man. It was just hilarious. It was like the people were so open to it at that point, but then there was a lot of booing too because a lot of people, some people left because the whole thing, the way it went down, that's understandable. But
0: they weren't booing
1: you. They were booing the situation. They were booing the situation. Because all the
0: videos that I saw, people were going ape shit. Like. It, was,
1: it was pretty nuts. I walked out. Next to the bass player, like I kind of, he kind of, I thought, I think he was kind of worried that I was going to step on his pedals or something, because <laughs> he kind of, he kind of blocked me in a way, right? And I stood right there. So, but when I came out on the kid is hot tonight, back the crowd literally, yeah, you hear a real big fat cheer on the crowd and it was like, wow, this is like, this is totally not happening right now. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, and uh, um, yeah. So I. You know, I built that out a bit. I built out kid is hot tonight. I'm trying to get the crowd into doing, obviously singing the lyrics, you know, and, and getting every, everybody up. And then I think the only, the, did uh loving every minute of it, but that guy did most of the lyrics and me and Catherine were just on the side of the stage, but she kept trying to kind of go get like, get out here in the front. You know, it's like, I think she was, I want to say it sounded like she was more favoring favoring me in some way or another. I don't, I really don't know you know then then really having that other guy but mike was a lot of people's points of view was like one guy was saying it sounded like mike was favoring that guy over kind of what you were doing and i'm like i don't care who was favoring who but bottom line was it was just a it did turn into a whole karaoke show at the end of the night we didn't do too much after that um and then we did uh working for the weekend and Mike, that was when we did the game plan thing. We all start, you know, off the side of the stage and Mike was like, okay, we're going to do, we're going to end working for the weekend. You'll do the first verse course. And then so-and-so, the other cat, his friend, his friend will do the second one. So we, that's kind of how the eye had ended. And then of course, after that, it was like all these pictures. And it was pretty funny. Uh, the monitor guy comes up to him. And he goes, dude, before you leave, man, I got to get a picture with you. So I was like, so I take I take the headband off, right? Kind of put it in the pocket. He goes, Oh, what are you doing, man? You gotta put that thing back on, you know? You gotta get you know, you gotta get the full Monty man out this. It was pretty pretty fun. Yeah. Pretty how fun. many
0: how many songs did you end up actually doing then?
1: Well, I really only did those two and then I did half the working for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh um and then just joined in on on the whole chorus parts of like loving every minute of it. But the, the the two full songs I did by myself completely was uh, uh the turning me loose one that went viral that video and then uh the kid is hot tonight yeah yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, after that was over, what what did the what did the band say to you? How did how did that end?
1: Well, what was funny during the side moment of time that I can remember was that the keyboard player pulls out some money out of his pocket and he goes, can we pay you? And I just kind of laughed and, and chuckled about it. And I said, no, man, I'm good. No, man. I I, I think this is, I go something to the effect, you know, this is, this is, I, I go, this is pay being up on stage with you guys. This is amazing. You know, I said, thank you. You know, and, and they were really cool. They're really cool. Uh, uh, Paul Dean, I didn't talk to too much. I, unfortunately I get, I didn't get to talk to Matt, uh, the drummer, uh, at all, they. I think they all kind of were really in a hurry to get the hell off there, off the stage, and and go back. And you know, I know Mike Reno wasn't feeling well at all. uh Catherine did. She goes before you go down with your fan base. I mean, I had literally people off the side of the railing going, "Steve, Steve," ah, you know. <laughs> it was like it was, it was total, like I said, rock star moment action going on. Right. It was pretty funny. Uh she goes before i let you before i let you out you know go down there to your fan to your fans can i get your information and i was like yeah and i had i think one more fever 103 card and i told her i was in a foreigner tribute band she goes oh yeah duh you know and so i handed her the card and and that was kind of it it was kind of kind of weird weird in a way because like i said i messaged her found her on facebook and did message her and told her thanks you know i wasn't really expecting anything out of it but it would have been nice to kind of just say have her go yeah that was a lot of fun thank you for you know helping us out but i think again that that show i think they wanted to kind of sweep things under the carpet it wasn't the uh it wasn't the gig uh they wanted to remember so to speak you know uh i think who knows what's going to happen you know when they do play the new year's eve show at the emerald queen if there's not necessarily going to be anything like a guest appearance like such as myself but if they're going to even mention anything about the last show i think they're just going to just play the show as the show and sure you know do that you know because most bands at their height of their career you know that's not that's not something you know it's like here's this little this little guy you know this little guy had a had his little nugget of time you know it's like that's cool and everything and mike carino was very very cool i mean he was you know who who takes their prop from the 80s off their head the headband and puts it right on some dude's head that has no idea if he's going to even sing these songs like, let alone, that. I think that was a scary moment for them at that point in time, because he, they're, like, thinking, oh, man. This dude better I mean, not
0: fuck this up. Oh, yeah, and not <laughs> only that, he
1: better not sound like a damn, you know, whatever, karaoke-type singer, you know? It was just, like, you know, luckily, as as luck would have it for me, the I guess the odds were in my favor that night, as far as that goes. I mean, you know, people were accepted of it to some degree, I think it was more, more something to witness somebody go up there from the crowd to do that. But, you know, you had both, I think the positive more outweighed the negative in the, in the story because the way the story was, because 99% 9% chance of of that happening to somebody where they just get somebody randomly in, in the crowd, whether they're a singer or not, it doesn't matter. It's like the fact that, you know, and, you know, that I did know the lyrics, I knew the songs, you know, that, that in itself, you know, can speak pretty high in volumes and, and, and be able to pull that off and be able to like, you know, go up there and f- in that moment of like being in that time, it's like, man, I hope I ain't, I hope I'm not going to get beat up or something like that, you know, <laughs> or whatever, you know, it's like, I mean, a- this is after the fact. So, right. But yeah. Yeah. So that's cool
0: that's crazy so since since that stuff has uh now been basically seen all over the place, not just locally yeah what has the the response been to you personally and and to the projects that you're in how's that affected it
1: um it hasn't necessarily you know got me a worldwide status achievement of like you know people wanting you know calling me up for and offer me gigs or 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 things of that uh nature facebook blew up pretty well from the messages and stuff and sure. the re- the reception i got from that was pretty overwhelming uh like i said the positive outweighed the negative side of it um the herald uh tacoma herald or excuse me not tacoma herald the everett herald made me <laughs> they made me a plaque of the actual show and the two prints because it got on the front page of their paper right but it was pretty funny because this guy calls me up out, out of the blue a few days after that and he was from the he said saying he was from the Everett herald and they wanted to do a plaque on the show and it's a really nice plaque it's yada yada it's made of this type of wood you 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 know you'll have you'll have it you'll have your name in a plaque and you know you know it, it, it's 189 dollars plus tax so uh, I'm Wait, thinking they wanted to sell it to you. They, yeah, they charged me. They sent me a bill. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, we made you this plaque. Here's the bill. And he goes, check this out. He goes, well, let, before they sent that, this, this is the guy talking to me on the phone. He goes, and I said, wow, that sounds great, man. I go, yeah, okay. I'll check, you know, I'll check it out. He goes, so let us know if you, if you, you know, you'll, we'll be sending it to your house. Let us know if you like it or not if you don't like it, you can send it back. Like I'm going to go, yeah, this is awful. I don't want it. So the next couple of days later or whatever, they send me a bill for $209 for the plaque. <laughs> and I, I was like, you know, and I talked to several, obviously people that, that, you know, about them doing that. And they were, they were like, they should not be charging you for a plaque. That's ridiculous. You're on the front page of their paper. And I'm like, you know, whatever. You know, it's, well, like, and it's not you know, like
0: you placed an order for the plaque, right? It's not like, you said, no, hey. no, no.
1: They offered, they offered to make me a plaque and I could have just told the guy and said, you know, that's really cool of you. But, you know, but like, why wouldn't I accept something like that? It's sure. like, I want, I'd be out of curiosity. I'd love to check it out. It's all in color. You know, of course I shared that on Facebook, you know, with everybody I wanted to make, you know, share that piece that I got. And,
0: yeah. No, it's awesome.
1: Know, yeah. Pretty, pretty crazy. Um, You know, the fact that I got such great reception on the YouTube viral thing on the Turn Me Loose, which was really neat to see how many, especially how many views and how how big it went as far as how far it went. I mean, I i think the the uh it went as far as Pittsburgh, uh, on, you know, and in, in, uh some lady chimed in that's lives in uh uh Ohio and she chimed in, she goes, Man, I saw you on the news. That's just so rad, you know, that's really cool and and whatnot so it's really neat you know and then i've i've gotten some i gotten one specific call for a drummer local drummer that played with paul rogers and he's doing a thing with uh roger fisher from heart right now and he said he was in the front row that night and he goes you know witnessed the whole thing he goes dude you you actually saved the show man he goes i know the Loverboy boy guys i've known those guys for years and yada yada and he goes man you 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 tore it up you killed it you did, you did an amazing job and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, and I've heard a lot of stories about this. I've heard things like this before, you know, he goes, you just don't know what's going to ever going to happen. You know, right. it's like, you know, there's a band, a touring band. They need a singer. yada yada And I'm like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. You know, I'm like, I didn't think much of it, you know, but, uh.
0: And how do you, how are your peers, the guys in your bands and the gals in your bands? how are Well, they?
1: <laughs> well, Ron, Ron got way in the back by the bleachers, my keyboard player. And so we all met up. I uh, finally we all kind of clanned together after the show. And Ron was just like, Whoa. dude, what is the he's he just couldn't believe it. He was like, dude, you totally killed the kid is hot tonight. He goes, That was just amazing. So it was a shock to everybody. We just right. like were high fiving each other at the end of the night and just going, Wow, you know. So we we went to a bar finally up the road, because they were obviously kicking everybody out by the end of the night, you know. So and reminiscing about the whole thing. And, and I, I ended up signing uh, some dude's set list, uh, their set list. And uh, those the songs I actually ended up singing or whatever. Right. You know, and it, it signed signed next to them and stuff like that. And got some photos of some people, and, you know. It, it was pretty cool. It was a moment, you know. Yeah. Moment in time.
0: That's awesome. And so everybody's in your bands has been supportive of you doing that. And oh, the-
1: it really well yeah as far as that that kind of that kind of shook rattled the cages uh because that whole hype kind of got fever 103 um a lot of publicity and that that was really one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to kind of push everything the mm-hmm. where I work uh janners the janners Jan- of chaos um you know uh, fever 103 I wanted to really Push that out of course me being a singer In that band it was more or less geared toward That band because of I wanted to Promote us as much As I possibly can mm-hmm. Um so being that King 5 you know sits there and says Yeah he sings for a local foreigner tribute Band Fever 103 I mean that, that Really kind of got got it got the Engines fired up so to speak So and some of these radio interviews I did which was cool you know Um plug in the You know the band um and now finally hopefully got us a little bit of a kick kick back so to speak you know um you know we, we it's been really hard uh trying to get gigs and um trying to get you know any agent in town trying to pick us up and trying to throw us a bone and it's understandable you know they're dealing with like so many bands they have a big roster of bands that make them you know an income for themselves you know but keep them you know they keep those bands working so A lot of times they're just you know they're you know i don't think it's just because they don't want to give the bands a chance but it's the fact that they're already busy enough you know they they're just not sure if they really have have the uh uh the the, you know the open door for a band such as us you know but if they see a band i mean you know it's not always with agents that they see money in their eyes sure but they have to make an income themselves, so right. you have to respect that. It is a business. It's a total business, and and I I applaud any agent in town that actually will, you know, work and get bands consistent work. I mean, they're your they're kind of your gold golden in man. I mean, you know, uh, they're the ones that will keep you working. So the last thing you want to do is talk trash about any agent in town of any kind or if somebody gets you a gig man, you know you want to you want to really take that and you want to treat it uh treat them with respect you know so the fact that you know um craig that got us you know one of the gigs for next year you know it was great you know finally you know we can do him right in as far as that goes and uh, uh hopefully he'll be throwing us some more stuff you know in the in the new year um that that's where that's really where I, what I want to do I want to play some you know, I want to play as m- much as we can you know and uh um just have fun yeah absolutely
0: know? so we got the new Janitor CD uh do you guys have a drop date for the for the physical press yet
1: we don't have uh yeah um we're still working on that uh financial stuff has come up um from kind of keeping us from trying to trying to get that printed and trying to have the full blown CD available, sure. but um, as far as I know, I talked to Ethan about that, and they're still kind of in works with that. You know, it's uh, uh, it's more now about the money aspect of sure. it. You know, and um, but the full album is
0: available on uh, CD Baby, yeah. uh, as well as iTunes, iTunes, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Fever One Hundred Three and Whiskey River. Uh, do we have any material out that people can uh, can check out as well besides going to your shows?
1: Uh, the only thing that you, you can do is you can go, uh, obviously, uh, do YouTube. Uh, there's a lot of, there's quite a bit of video content of some of the shows we've done. Right. Um, it's a
0: little different when you're, when you're playing in a tribute band. Cause you know, the songs are licensed by other people.
1: So yeah. there's you can't record. legal material. Yeah. It's funny because a lady just chimed in on, on uh Facebook friend, uh, just a fan of the band and she says do you have anything that you can you know i said yeah you know with the tribute stuff you can't really you know you gotta have copyright there's copyright issues and all that stuff so i said the best i can tell you on that one and then of course i plugged the janitors i said you know i do play drums in this band check this band out you can purchase our stuff on that uh cd baby and itunes and so on so on so forth but i told her you know that's what the explanation was you know just go to go to YouTube. We got a promo video that we did a long time ago, but awesome. I, I, I really try to veer toward people checking out at least the live performances, the raw stuff that's live. You know, a guy named Everett Rock, local Mark uh, Tatchell, he's a great guy. He uh, goes around and videotapes a lot of bands, different, nice. different bands and stuff. Real big supporter in the music uh, 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 scene in Seattle. You know, and outside, yeah, you know.
0: awesome. So we're gonna have to wind this down here because I'm looking at the play clock and it's going crazy. Of course, <laughs> I know, man. But uh, so Steve Fournier, um, Janitors of Chaos, new album called Ether Ore, Fever 103, amazing foreigner tribute, and of course Whiskey River. Uh, you can also catch him uh, at the Seattle drum school and kind of around town on the communities, find him on all social media, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. Uh, anything else uh, you want to plug before we call it a night here, brother?
1: No, I think, I think we covered a lot, man. Awesome. It's, mean, it's It's
0: been fucking awesome. Having you come down to the show. It's great reminiscing. Uh, if you guys could only hear some of the conversations Steve and I are having off the clock because, you know, there's only so much time you have, but, uh, We'll have to do this again. Get some more, uh, get some more projects going. We'll have you come back on the show. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's going to be awesome. So we're going to, we're going to um, talk to Steve here again real soon. And uh, congratulations on all your, all your recent uh, successes. You've Thanks, worked man. your entire life, so by no means is this uh, kind of an all of a sudden thing. It's been, it's been a, a work in progress for, for uh, the 65 years old that Steve is. So. <laughs>
1: I like to think.
0: (laughs) All right, man. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for joining me again on The Edge. Thanks to Stephen Fournier, and we'll talk to you all very soon. Have an awesome night.